0: And this is the problem people make when they're looking at building multiple streams of income. They're trying to do it in lots of different niches, industries or disciplines. And that's very difficult.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Diaries of Success. My name is Hajar Beyaz and I am so thankful to all of you for the engagement you have been giving me, the love and support you have been showing me from throughout the previous episode. Well, my guest today is one of the biggest entrepreneurs in the UK. He's known for his disruptive attitude. I am pleased to be having someone who has over just 18 books. Most of them are bestsellers, nine figures in business. The one and only Mr. Rob Moore.
0: Thank you for having me on your show.
1: Thanks for being here, accepting to, to come today. How are you, Rob? 8.8
0: 8.8 8 out of 10. Why? Because there's always room for improvement, mm-hmm. but life is good. We're all breathing and fit and healthy. Business is good. Family is good. What would make it a 9.5 is social media is pissing me off at the moment. <laughs> Let's because Yeah, because the algorithms aren't liking us. We go through these stages where we get millions of views almost effortlessly. And then we have these little moments where we've had a shadow ban or the algorithms changed. Content, doing content, which is one of my main things now, is um, quite a a relentless pursuit whereby you have to put a lot of content out there. You don't just get virality once you've had virality once. I, um, I watched Ed Sheeran's documentaries. I love Ed Sheeran for I think he's got a brilliant mindset. And he said, if you want to write a good song, you've got to write a lot of shit songs. And so um, I I just think that I don't really like the algorithms and how they work and how they reward really short, superficial content. Mm. I much prefer long form. This is my third long form interview of the day. Both have been 90 minutes plus. Wow. I I think you get a more honest conversation at 90 minutes than you do at 90 seconds. Definitely. Um, So if social media had better algorithms... And not just giving Rob more virality, but better algorithms, which encouraged deeper, more thoughtful, more honest content and didn't reward vacuous. Like the, the Philip Schofield stuff is just, it's just a, a smear campaign on a guy because they're going to get views and they're not thinking about him as a human or a balanced discussion and debate. So if, if social media was better, that would be a 9.5 out of 10. But I mean, lockdown was one of the hardest things I've had to endure as an entrepreneur, but business is already back above where we were before lockdown. So I'm so grateful of, you know, in just um, one of our main companies, we did 6.1 million in sales in the last three months. So that gives gives us a run of nearly 25 million a year just for the training side of the business. That's a, that's a good result considering, you know, the effects of lockdown aren't done. Um, and oh, and when I knock Samuel Leeds out on July the first, <laughs> that would take it to a nine point eight out of ten.
1: Well, listen, I got my ticket. I'm definitely there boom. on the first of July. Boom. And boom!
0: Boom! 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 Shall
1: I? Shall, shall I say who I'm voting for? Or just...
0: You can do it. It's your show. You can say whatever you want.
1: I'm definitely voting for you. I, I know. I think. I think you're gonna smash it.
0: What's your what? um? Yeah. What's your reasoning behind it?
1: Well, look. I know Samuel has been working out really hard lately. Um he's lost quite a lot of weight.
0: Which he had to lose, which, which I didn't.
1: Exactly. So that's that yeah. but you have always been fit. So it's mainly you persistently in your comfort zone where he has to come out of his comfort zone to be able So I don't know, I don't know. I think it's your mentality and the way you're going around it as well. Your attitude, your calm towards it, whereas he's making a lot of noise. No, I mean, I like Samuel Leeds. It's just that I think you're going to win.
0: I know I'm going to win, so.
1: Beautiful. So, well, look, let's talk about you, because you just said a, quite a few things in the intro. Yeah. Let's talk about what could make social media better, because obviously, that's the shittiest point you just said throughout the whole thing. Family is good. Health is good. You're fit entrepreneur nine figures so what could social media what could what could we change to have a better social media thing
0: i think all social media are privately owned entities i have a privately owned entity and as such it's my prerogative to run my privately owned enterprise however i want as long as it's legal mm. so you could say who the fuck is rob moore to tell youtube and facebook and instagram and tiktok Etc. how to run their algorithms. But you asked me, so I'm going to. I believe that social media rewards controversy, polarization, being critical or nasty or vicious towards other people, and in short, aggressive form. Mm-hmm. I believe the current state of social media rewards all of that. And so then it perpetuates that. Mm-hmm. What I think should be rewarded is long, meaningful, deep and interesting conversations. But you can't just blame the social media because the consumer is part of the market. And if the consumer goes swipe after a second, swipe after a second, swipe after a second and can't hold its own concentration. The Philip Schofield thing, I just just mentioned that because that's of the now. Like, I don't know why I have a controversial view on this because I don't think it's controversial. Here's my view. So far, there is no evidence that he's committed a crime. Yeah. And the person who Philip Schofield had an affair with has not come out and accused Philip Schofield of anything illegal. hmm So where's the news? The news is 40-something-year-old guy in TV who's a powerful and influential and rich and famous um, has an affair with younger man. Well, that's not newsworthy because, one, it's not illegal, and, two, that happens in life. And so to use that hook to to call or refer to him as a groomer or an abuser or a liar, to me, is disgusting because the interview with him on the BBC, he basically said, and I watched it, and he said, If it weren't for my daughters, I wouldn't be here. I'm basically on suicide watch from my daughters. And yet the BBC, they should have immediately taken that down. Mm. People should have made sure he's safe and he's okay. But no, they just want the views because they're a dying media. And to me, that's everything that's wrong about social media. You are allowed a private life. It's called a private life. So if I said to you, how many affairs have you had? It is your prerogative to say none or fuck off.
1: Yeah. None of your business.
0: Yeah. None of my business or none. You might have had 12 and you might say none. Yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, but you lied to me 15 years ago because you said you'd had no affairs. Well, this is your private life. Everybody lies. Uh, it's... And yet Holly Willoughby apparently is really upset and offended and morally distraught because a gay man in a heterosexual marriage has had an affair with a much younger man and didn't want to fucking tell her. (laughs) Well, if I was a gay man in a heterosexual marriage and I had two daughters and I had an affair with a guy who's legal, but barely who worked in my organization in my dressing room, I would not fucking tell you or Harry or anyone because it's my business. It is. Now, if he's broken the law, that's different. Mm. But as of yet, it's, there's, There's no even accusation. And to me, that's everything that's fucking wrong with media and social media right now.
1: So it's a propaganda, right?
0: I mean, I suppose it depends on how you define propaganda. I always used to see propaganda as something that would be like to start a war. Because look,
1: Rob, you're very disruptive and you have a disruptive broadcast and the guests you've had are quite disruptive, yet you still have a successful podcast. So how is that?
0: Why would those those comments you made about me? Why would the assumption be that my podcast shouldn't be successful?
1: It should because you look. You tell the truth the way it is, right? This
0: is uh, my truth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, there's only truth.
0: No, there isn't. There's. I I would love to sit here and say that my truth is the truth, but someone could have responded to my comment about um, Philip Schofield and say, "No, he's a groomer." And he'd have had a, a contract. He probably in his contract had that he couldn't have relationships with his staff. It's probably in his contract because mm. I know I have a, a company. I employ nearly 150 people. I know how this works, mm-hmm. but humans are humans. And, you know, I could, have an, I could have a contract with my staff, my staff banging each other all the fucking time. I'd love for them. I'd <laughs> love to have a no banging clause, but they fucking <laughs> ignore me, especially at the Christmas party. They're all at it. So, you know, humans are humans. And we all get on our moral high ground and our high horse of ethics when humans are human. So I like to think that I'm mostly honest. Mm. And I like to think I mostly speak the truth. Mm. Um, and I try my best to do that. And I think people like that about my brand and about who I am. But my version of the truth is only my version of the truth. It's not the version of the truth. I come with my own filters. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. So, you know, you said about taxes before we went live. I think that taxes are far too high for entrepreneurs. Of course I would think that. I'm an entrepreneur. 20% VAT, forty five percent income, 25% corp, national insurance, business rates, you know, all these things. But someone who's on benefits <laughs> would be like, "Ah, oh, entrepreneurs should be taxed more because they're rich. Tax them 110% fuckers while they're receiving benefits. So yeah. they would have their truth. Yeah. So I, I, it's nice of you to say that you, you perceive that I speak truth, i.e. you probably think that I'm not a bullshitter, there's no filters, etc. I try my best to speak truthfully. Um, it's not always easy.
1: Mm. Um, how, because people, some people, they misunderstand that and see it as ar- arrogance. I'm sure you, you're you either loved or hated as Rob Moore and you don't give a fuck. <laughs>
0: Right. So um, anyone who knows me knows that I am the other end of the spectrum of arrogance. Mm. And that's not me being overly humble. To me, arrogance is thinking you're better than you are and looking down on others on your superiority. I do neither of those. Mm. In most things in life, I don't think I'm as good as I am. And in nearly all situations, I look upon it, people as equals, not as... Underlings. So they're, they're my two definitions of arrogance and I am the opposite of those. Um, and I mean, not by the way, sometimes I think I, I, I should be a bit more arrogant. I believe that I'm better than I am because I might self perpetuate that. Yeah. But, you know, with this boxing, I'm confident, but I'm not arrogant. And a lot of people have been saying to me, "Ah, oh, Rob, you're going to wipe the floor with Samuel Leeds. It's, 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 it's you've got the easiest fight. It's, it's a, it's a done deal." I'm not thinking that. That guy's going to train hard. That guy's going to want to knock me out. That guy's going to come at me hard. And I, I'm training with no arrogance. But I guess again, it's short form social media, and sound bites, and TikToks, and shorts. I'll be fucking glad when there are longs because I've had enough of shorts. shorts. Everyone's talking about shorts. But you don't get the sense of a human and how they are with shorts. You get it with longs, which is why I'm here in your studio and we're not doing shorts.
1: Definitely not. Definitely and when you
0: said about you either love or you hate Rob Moore, well, anyone who loves Rob Moore really just believes that they have more in common with Rob and less not in common with Rob. And anyone who hates Rob more perceives they have less in common with Rob. So I I don't really get attached to if people love me or hate me. Yeah. I try not to believe either extreme too much because some people love me and don't know me. Some people hate me and don't know me. Yeah. People love their version of me or hate their version of me. And most of those people don't know me. Mm -hmm. So the people that I care about, I would like to care about me. Um. But yeah, I'm okay with that, which, you know, everyone else can fuck off kind of is is what that really means is um, I'm okay with not being liked.
1: Right. Has that affected? Because look, as a, now you're a successful, successful entrepreneur and that has come a long way. Personally, I've only been in business for four years, right? As a female entrepreneur, we get attacked more than men. You don't give a shit. You don't give a fuck. Perfect. Women, I don't care, but women tend to care more, which is why they start a business. They get a few comments. Oh, you should do this or you should do that. And then boom, they stop. Has that affected your personal life at all throughout your journey or?
0: Okay. So the first thing I would say is I would really love someone to do some proper research because I'm not sure I agree or believe that women get attacked more than men for starting their business. So I'm saying I don't know if that's the truth. I'm not saying you're, you're wrong about mm. that. But as a woman, you would notice that more as a woman yeah. than I would as a, as a man. Mm. You'd also have to look at what percentage of people who start a business are men or women and, mm-hmm. and therefore make it relative. What I believe is a man and a woman and any other fucking gender one might identify with has their own unique challenges to deal with and their own unique natural skills. Like I could argue a transgender would have an advantage because they know a bit about being a man and a bit about being a woman. (laughs) So they could deliver better quality empathy to both niches simultaneously. Do you agree with that? Well, I mean, look at Andrew Tate. He doesn't really have a female demographic. His demographic for who buys from him is virtually all men. Um, So any any female entrepreneur out there that wants to start a business, don't tell yourself a story that's going to make it harder for yourself. I.e. it's harder for women. I'm a mum. People will criticize me more. That may or may not be true. But if you mm. tell yourself that story, you'll manifest it. Definitely. If you don't tell yourself that story, you say, I'm a woman. I can work men around my little f- finger. I can use flirting to negotiate I can use the natural and by the way they're just too I might get cancelled for saying stuff like that but like women are better at negotiating with
1: me than men are look I've held a retreat recently it was a ladies retreat in fact we were in Peterborough um beautiful place and it was a week and uh the ladies there lack of confidence potential to the max amazing what they could do is wonderful potential Second to none. But action-wise, why don't you do it? Um, I'm not sure. It's not perfect. Um, maybe um it's a lot of ums. And I'm like, this is crazy. And the stories behind that, when we started to dig throughout the whole week, it was it was all because other people didn't believe in them. Not because they didn't believe in themselves, and because they manifested that. I've had the situation where a man came to me and said, Oh, by the way, if you could have 100, 100 um, properties in your portfolio, um, me as a man I can do it with my eyes closed. If it was another woman, she would probably feel bad. I didn't. I didn't care. Where do you think he, he is right now? My mentee. A year after. Because he can't get nothing, right? But it comes from men trying to compare or maybe defend themselves or feel, try to make us feel... I'm not give, I'm not giving an excuse, but I'm just the reality that's happening. If I ask someone uh, like, oh, why did you stop your business? Oh, a lot of bad comments.
0: Okay. So like I said earlier, and I'll maintain this, do not let other people's narrative or rhetoric or story become your own. Mm. But I'm also going to believe you in this and accept that this is a real issue. So you said something in the middle which actually uh, really resonated with me recently and that is people around you who don't believe in you. If you are around me and you don't believe in me, you can fuck off. You get out of my camp. You get out of my space. Why are you with me if you don't believe in me? Hmm. And I, I have a Nicer way to articulate that out in the real world. But I now know that is the right thing because life's going to throw you challenges anyway. Mm. Now, by the way, believing in someone is different to calling them out on their shit. What I'm not saying is you have to be a yes man or woman around Rob. You can't challenge him and you can't criticize him. But I have had three people look me in the face and say, Samuel Leeds will hit harder than you. And I immediately looked back and went, Samuel Leeds will not hit harder than me. I hit harder than Samuel Leeds. And I fucking look them in the eyes until they back down. Because <laughs> don't be projecting your incorrect beliefs onto me. Just because someone has bigger breasts than me and is male doesn't mean they can hit harder. <laughs> he has got breasts. Um, <laughs> and I've got pictures I've got to prove it. And look, he's done well. He's lost some weight, but he's still got, you you know, (laughs) (laughs) some timber. I think they call it timber, don't they? He's still carrying some timber, uh, uh, and I'm not. Like, nowhere in the law of physics does fat equal powerful punch. Mm. What equals powerful punch is technique and speed. So if you don't believe in me, fine. Just bugger off. And go and gossip to someone else about it but don't bring it into my space because here's the thing if i have enough people around me who don't believe in me i might start to believe them now here's the challenge because i've mentored hundreds of thousands of people here's the problem for a lot of people mm. it's their friends and family it's their husband or wife or their mum or dad and that's fucking hard and you know it's all very well saying, oh well you've got a dumb perm and you've got to sack your, you you know you lose the negative friends that's not easy mm. I- i'm not going to sack my family yeah. But if they if my belief about myself starts to wobble because of someone else's story, they're getting out of my space.
1: Yeah. Apart from your family, because sometimes. From your, yeah.
0: Your but family. I'll tell them straight. Like, I don't get that from my family. Yeah. Because uh, they probably know that I'm not going to listen to that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I will listen to criticism and I will take feedback. Yeah. But. Like, don't not believe in me.
1: Yeah, but it comes from a place of love, isn't it? Like, what does from your family? Like, if if your family just are uh, thinking about this, I'm looking at my situation. My mom, my family, they're all back home in Algeria, and so, so I came here in 2014 as a student. I was meant to stay here for a, a year, go back home, be an ambassador, whatever it is. Yeah,
0: ended up staying. And now you're interviewing Rob Moore. Interview Holy before. shit! How your life could
1: change. <laughs> who does Who would have said that? <laughs> who would have thought. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but it's the truth. I mean, my mom. Wh- when I stopped, um, I was working for Selfridges. I used to spray perfume. You probably would have walked in before, and I've tried to sell you a perfume, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But then I said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm worth more than this. I had stopped my job. I mean, I started in business, then went into property, got one, two, three rent-to-rents, uh, replaced my income, stopped my job. For a good year, my mom was still thinking that I still had my job because she thinks that that's security. But her reality and the way she thinks is different than the way I think. Yeah. I built in all the way to six figures business before I told her I had quit my job. Even then, I have now 15 staff in my team, two officers. She's like, are you thinking to go back to a job? Yeah. She's just scared. I mean, it's not her her not believing in me. It comes from a place of love. So it can. And I think
0: knowing if it comes from a place of love or not is important. Mm. Because in, in my world of property, real estate and business, there is this rhetoric that um, you know, you cut out all the people in your life that haven't got your back. I don't agree with that mm. um, because you're right. What could happen is a parent could want you to be safe and secure because they love you, because their natural nurturing tendency is want- wanting you to be safe and secure. And so they perceive that you starting a business is the opposite of that, in which case have compassion for their love and go and do what you fucking want anyway. Because it's your life, not theirs. You probably need to work out if it comes from love or an ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. Now, in my position, people come to me with their own ulterior motives because, you know, they want to take a bite. And it's those people I need removed. Mm. Um, But I'm probably not as ruthless as I could be about letting people in my circle go. Because I believe that people are doing the best they can with what they know and where they're at. And I can also see a benefit in it. For example, it's good to have haters, and most people are stopping starting because they don't want haters. But it's haters that will give you public criticism. Now you don't want public criticism, but you need public criticism so that you stay humble and not arrogant. Uh-huh. And if if I if I if I thought I'm a human, so even though I can say I'm humble and this and that if I believed 100% that I could say and do whatever the fuck I want and all I would get on social media is praise, I would probably say and do some silly things Mm. because there would be no consequence, but I have possible defamation. I have competitors. I have haters. I have trolls. So I know that everything I say that that could have a negative spin and and connotation and I could get criticized for that. Mm. And that's good to know. Now, the fine balance is speaking my truth that we talked about earlier and not going the other way and suppressing everything in case of that criticism and feedback. But I can tell you this. I love my followers and fans, mm. but I learn more from my critics because they're the ones that give me feedback. Mm. My fans will always just go, yeah, I love, love you and love what you do. That's what fans do. And that's great. But I want to get better. And I only learn that. From people who will give me criticism.
1: Let's go back to uh, real estate. You just mentioned before you started property. How did you start? I went
0: to a holiday inn in Peterborough, at a local small property networking event, and I met my business partner there and we started buying properties probably two months after I met him using um, his money to start with, then his mum's money, then his stepdad's money. I think I was... 50 properties in before I had to use any of my own because mm. I didn't have any to start with um, I think I think we have 370 properties now or we have 370 rental units in our portfolio, I'm pretty sure that's um, almost to the, the dot accurate it goes up a lot, we're buying 5 at the moment and one of those will have multiple units in it and we have 1350 tenants um, and we started 16 years ago
1: wow and you have multiple businesses uh multiple verticals within one business mentoring how do you find that how can you run all them all of them at once and yet you're here with me today well i wrote
0: a book called life leverage Mm -hmm. which um many entrepreneurs have read and it's changed the way they think so I am a human like all other humans and therefore I have the same limitations all other humans have. One of them is in the way we measure time, we call it a day Mm. and I only have 24 hours in it and so does everyone else and I can't change that. The other other limitation is I need X amount of sleep and someone might be able to get by on five, but I need seven to eight. So therefore I I could probably maximize 14, but I need to eat a bit. Yeah. And I've got a family and I might only have eight realistic hours that I can spend. So how do I turn those eight into 80, 800, 8,000 and 80,000 hours a day? Processes, efficiencies, systems and people. So I have nearly 150 people on my payroll. So if all of them are doing eight hours a day, 150 times eight is more hours than Rob times 22 hours a day. This is why this hustle and grind rhetoric and just sleep less is not good because you hit your limit of what you can do very quickly. Yeah. Um, so really, managing multiple verticals and multiple companies is all about leverage.
1: How did it start though?
0: It started by me getting a job in a property sourcing company and sourcing properties evenings and weekends with my business partner, who was a bit further ahead than me and knew a bit more than me and had a bit more money than me. So we had a property sourcing job and concurrently we were buying properties for ourselves. So it was, so you could say, even from the start, we had two verticals. We had the employed sourcing for others and then the buying for ourselves. Then we had the writing books. Vertical and then the course, property course is vertical and the business vertical and then the management and maintenance vertical. And this is the problem people make when they're looking at building multiple streams of income Mm. is they're trying to do it in lots of different niches, industries or disciplines. And that's very difficult. Whereas if you get really good at one discipline. So, for example, you start a podcast, you get a really good podcast then you could have three sponsors. You could charge yourself out for your keynote speeches. You could go and do a podcast tour and sell tickets to your podcast tour. You could turn your podcast tour into a series or a film. I don't know if you saw recently on Netflix, but Mark Manson's Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is now a Netflix um, film. Wow. So you could take a podcast and create multiple streams of income from it. But if you tried to do a podcast and be a doctor and a dentist and a lawyer and a real estate investor, You don't get that leverage. It's all about leverage.
1: So do you reckon even the podcast should be just for that specific niche?
0: I'm probably not the best person to ask this because honestly, and this is where you'll get some nice truth out of me, I'm still to this day confused about that. Mm. Because, you know, what I've always learned from my mentors and being in, in business is you need to have a clear niche. And, you know, Andrew Tate's absolutely nailed the niche of you know, the young man who needs uh, another male father figure in his life. That's an example of a really clear niche. And I know Andrew Tate's very clear about his niche because I've spoken to him about it. And and so I know to grow a brand that that's what you're taught. I just, I'm too, I'm too interested in too many things. I get too bored of just one thing. Uh, I don't seem, it, it seems to be against who I am to be able to, niche down enough so I've sort of done the opposite I don't really have a niche anymore as you know I'm an entrepreneur and that might be how you first found out about me but I also interview some really random interesting disruptive people we we sort of we talk a lot about freedom of speech we talk a lot about masculinity I've got a a business training company I'm a property investor I'm an author I'm a podcaster I'm probably not the best person to model when it comes to, (laughs) to niche like if I was advising someone to be successful, I probably would say, yeah, niche down on something that you can become an expert in, in a relatively short period of time. Stick at that for a really long time until it's time to, to maybe spread your wings.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, I, uh, I think that's what I did at the beginning of my career. I mean, of course, sometimes you find yourself chasing that shiny penny or maybe. Uh, looking at the fact that the the grass may be greener on the other side. But then I had to sit down and like, hold on, you know, you need to do one thing at a time and then maybe scale and move. Once you just do it properly, do it right, you excel, people see you as an expert, you can just move to another strategy. So I started with rent to rent um, started mentoring about it, got over 121 properties now. With uh, the portfolio and then purchases option, got over a dozen of purchases options. People are like, oh, how are you finding them? Let me mentor you about it. And then BRRs and, and so on. So I think I think uh, just doing one thing at a time, excelling in it, and then moving to the next. So sometimes it becomes non challenging. I mean, if you tell me about renting and now, like, yeah, like it's not challenging anymore. So I understand why you have so many verticals because it gets to a point where it might be boring. Where does it stop?
0: It stops when you die, but it doesn't stop if you leave a legacy beyond your life, but it doesn't stop before you die. And if you stop too soon, you will die too soon because Mm -hmm. that has been proven with research about people who retire. I believe if you want to stay of active body, you need to stay of active mind. I heard Arnold Schwarzenegger being interviewed recently, one of my heroes. And the interviewee said, you don't look 75. And he says, because I'm not 75, because I don't feel 75. I feel younger than 75. I don't know what it's like to be 75 because I don't feel 75. And he's chosen to exercise every day and stay active of mind and not retire. Look at Warren Buffett. I mean, he must be knocking on the door of 90. But he keeps his mind active. So anyone who's looking for it to end, i.e., oh, when I get to £10,000 a month passive income, I can retire. All that will happen when you get to ten thousand pound a month passive income is you would have increased your living expenses to eleven thousand pounds a month, and now you need twenty thousand pounds a month passive income. And when you get to there, your living expenses will be twenty five, or even if they're still only eleven, you'll want a nicer holiday, a nicer car, a nicer house, because if the purpose of life was for there to be an end before the end of life, then as a species we'd very soon die out. Yeah. Like we have to keep fighting, discovering, searching, growing and expanding. Otherwise, in the end, the environment's going to get the better of us. I was just saying this to Harry today because um, one thing I'm not very good at is saying no to things. Because mm. I feel like I'm missing an opportunity. I do have that FOMO. It is real. Is that
1: why you said yes to me? No. <laughs>
0: so FOMO. Beca- yeah, because of. I find it difficult to say no. Um often I can give myself too much to do. But when you have just slightly too much to do, I'm going to argue everyone listening challenge yourself, go go with me on this. I'm going to t- I'm going to argue that you are your most productive, effective, efficient and you get the most shit done and the most momentum when you've got just slightly too much to do. If you have 20 times too much to do you're overwhelmed and it's like, "Uh, but if you don't have enough to do, that's worse. Yeah, You're bored. Like when I don't have quite enough to do, I find annoying and nuisance things to do. And I I am the most annoying human (laughs) when I don't have enough to do. So now I know I need, I believe the secret is just slightly too much to do. You know, like when you finish a project or you you've got a deadline at college or university mm-hmm. that last 24 or 48 hours, you're popping the pro plus or the Red Bull and you get a lot done in a short amount of time. Yeah, like, to every lady and also some gentleman that one day before you go on holiday, you tidy the house, you organize your financial affairs, you buy all your clothes, you get all the kids shit together. You are so productive in that one day before you go on holiday. Imagine if you were that productive every fucking day, you'd be dangerous.
1: That's so true, but you know, I get to got to a point where I was doing that quite a lot, and then I hit burnout. So I needed to know. I told you, my 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 mentor Liam, he sat me down and he's like, Hadra, what the fuck are you doing? I I was literally burning out because I don't believe in stopping and doing nothing. I feel uncomfortable doing nothing. So how do we? make the difference or distinguish when we actually need to calm down and stop. It doesn't look like you ever stop, do you?
0: No, I'm not very good at this. is another question whereby I'm probably not the right person to ask this, which paradoxically might make me a good person to answer this. I feel like I need to be moving forward with my life. Mm. And to me, rest, recovery, Holidays. Holidays makes me feel like I'm moving backwards, not moving forward. So for 17 years as an entrepreneur, I've really struggled with rest, recovery. Now I've never burned out because how can you burn out doing something you love? Uh-huh. You might get tired, but I think there's a big difference between being fatigued and being burned out. I think burned out, you're emotionally and physically tired, yeah. sp- like more than just tired. You, you You know, you are drained of everything. And I think people need to be careful not to label themselves that they've got burnout because maybe they haven't. Mm. Maybe it's temporary because no one's going to burn out doing something they love. Mm. They might get tired doing it, but they're not going to burn out. But actually, this is something I learned with the boxing training. So the the reframe in my mind, because I was having no days off and everyone was saying to me, you need rest days. You need recovery days. Sometimes I train twice a day. I've had three times a day when I've trained before. I've trained for three hours in a session and so the reframe for me is i have to see rest and recovery as progress and not regress Mm. so anyone who's in health and fitness they know this so it's going to be you know um teaching them to suck eggs but if you don't allow your body to recover you end up getting to the point where you do it damage and i was probably starting to not damaging my body, but my progress was probably going backwards because I hadn't had enough rest and recovery mm-hmm. so so it's about seeing rest and recovery as progress not regret if you're like us where your entrepreneurs always want to be on some people have got the opposite problem where they need to do more and stop calling yourself um a lifestyle entrepreneur and oh, I only want to work three hours a day and oh, I I don't ever want to burn out and I don't want too many responsibilities. And and they're telling the opposite story and they need to do more because the human has the capacity and ability to do a lot more than it currently is. Every single one of us has the capacity to do a lot more. And so people listening, I've got to be honest, are they the burnout types who can never rest or are they on the other side of the spectrum where honestly they should be doing more? What do you think? Well, with me, oh, my default is always I'm doing too much. Yeah, like I can't remember that. I cannot remember the last time I didn't think about work or do any work for a whole day.
1: (laughs) I went on a date the other day.
0: Oh wow, (laughs) Segway.
1: And uh, as he's
0: driving, are you going? Is it? Is it? Is it going to go forward? Is Is there going to be another date?
1: Well, there, is, there it's, it's been quite a few dates now, so oh. I think it's going forward. I think it's going forward. Oh, wow. The thing is, he's driving and I'm looking at houses like, oh, this could be a good uh place to invest in. This, are, this is a new build. Maybe service accommodation would be amazing. Oh, there is a train station next to it. And I'm like, I'm on a date. <laughs> I'm on a date thinking about business. So I actually understand where you are, but how do... <laughs> How is the life, or your life, personal life, affected by this? I mean, is your missus just like, oh, it's too much, Rob? No,
0: because she met me when I had nothing. And what she saw in me was potential and ambition. And I don't really like to talk about what other people say about me. I think it's for them to say and not me. Mm. But what I don't mind saying is... That my wife, apparently she told me this just a few days ago. She said that I I approached her in the bar and chatted to her and chatted her up. And I gave her a business card, which no one did 17 years ago in Peterborough. They just tried to shag them in the toilets. You know, they didn't give them (laughs) business cards where I'm from. And I presented a business card out my wallet and I told her that I was a property investor and apparently at that time I wasn't really a property investor. But she said she saw ambition Mm. in me and she found that attractive. Attractive. And she still likes that ambition in me today because if she found that attractive in me 17 years ago, why would she not find that attractive in me now? So I'm the right person for her. And so she's not going to turn around and go, I've fucking had enough of your ambition. It might frustrate her at times and it might be too much at times. But, you know, if I was dating you, and you were excited about property, and I liked you. I'd want to learn about property from you and get excited about property with you. Mm. If I didn't like you, I might not like that. Mm. So I think in I'm not, I'm no dating guru. I don't like giving
1: <laughs> dating,
0: dating advice, <laughs> advice by any stretch.
1: Well, I think I think that it's going uh, in the right way then because he likes. He started liking property just because I talk about right, it, but...
0: or he might be trying to get in your pants. In which case, you'll like whatever you want him to like. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> let's see. Let's Ain't do that it. the truth, Harry? <laughs> what do you, I love that. Oh, yeah, I
1: really love that. Oh, that's fucking great. I'm into that. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Let's see. Time will prove. Time will prove. Yeah. Um, so to
0: finish your question, because I have to finish questions. I'm a bit OCD like that. Um, I am with someone who allows me to be me. Mm. And that doesn't mean she agrees with everything and we have some heated discussions and debates and see the world very differently in some ways. But yeah, I I think the sign of being with the right person Mm -hmm. is do they allow you to be you and do they like you for you? And I think the sign with maybe being with the wrong person is them continually trying to change you. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't try and change me and I don't try and change my wife. Uh, And trying to change someone against their will is like fighting a 25 foot alligator. You're going to lose. You're
1: going to lose. <laughs> so I like fighting Samuel Leeds, sir. So. No.
0: He is a, a little puppy who is going to hurt me emotionally when I knock him out. I'm going to feel like I kicked a dying dog.
1: Do you think I should I should get Samuel Leeds here in the studio so uh, maybe get a response?
0: Well, it's your show, not mine. What do you think? Well, didn't you say that everyone you've asked if they're backing me or Samuel is backing me. Yeah, absolutely. So, you can
1: watch the episodes there on YouTube.
0: Yeah, maybe Samuel should look, Samuel's got a big enough mouth and he runs it off for a living. So I don't think <laughs> you need to have him here for him to put his side of the argument across. Samuel is either going to be confident in beating me or pretend that he's confident in beating me. Um And um. He's a worthy opponent because he's a lot heavier than me. And you don't have these disparities in weight in professional fights because it could be dangerous. So I'm taking some risk. And he's a good villain because it seems that everyone that loves me hates him. And I'm sure it's mutually equal. I'm sure that everyone loves him. Hates you? Hates me. Is that not what you want? Don't you want that bit of spice? Mm. So what like him? Because he challenged me to a fight and he's a fucking delusional fool to do that. <laughs> my daughter, she's feisty. And when my my son messes with her, she'll like hit him and she'll go, that is what you get. And that's what Samuel Leeds is going to get. When I knock him the fuck out, this is what you get for calling me out. <laughs>
1: Well, listen. I like that. I like. I've, I'm enjoying this. Honestly, I'm really enjoying this. I hope you t- you're, you're enjoying it too. Yeah, I'm good. It's fucking boiling in here. Is it? Yeah. Have water? I think it's. Well, look, we have a thing. We play a game. Oh. Have you ever played the game in a podcast? Cancelled. You never know. I might get cancelled. Do I give a Just shit? Just play me. Everyone else does. <clears throat> Whatever game you want me to play. Okay. So uh, we're going with would you rather.
0: Would I rather? Okay.
1: Yeah. And I've got a series of questions. So... Just
0: have a sip of water then
1: get ready for this one. Sure. Well, in the meantime, I just want to thank all our uh, audience and all our listeners. If you're listen, uh, listening to us through Spotify or iTunes, through the audio platforms, uh, make sure you follow us on our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. We're on on TikTok. Yes, we're all on TikTok. We don't do dances, though. We just We just like to talk. Um, so just follow us on all our social media and make sure you reach out to Rob. It's a Rob Moore, M-O-O-R-E. Uh, I'm sure, listen, this conversation is as useful to you guys as me. I only get people who I can learn from uh, in this show. I personally think I am a little bit selfish. So I'm getting anyone who I can learn from first, and I'm sure you will definitely uh find that useful so hit that subscribe button give us a like comment any questions in the comment section down below in the meantime rob it's back to you it's would you rather so quick fire round diy or dfy dfy one million pounds one million followers
0: one million engaged active followers
1: money or love TikTok, love. Jordan Belfort or Grant Cardone?
0: Grant Cardone.
1: All the way. Ten million pounds or getting back to when you were eighteen years old, knowing everything you know right now. Two seconds.
0: Eighteen years with all the knowledge.
1: Oh. Paying taxes or not paying taxes. <laughs>
0: For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878 153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. Paying taxes.
1: Living in the UK or Dubai? UK. Being an entrepreneur or just a property investor? Entrepreneur. Making YouTube content or mentoring?
0: Mentoring. Mentoring.
1: Look, let's let's go back to a few of them. Let's see why you've answered that way. Taxes or no taxes?
0: Well, you're giving me these false dichotomy questions where I have to answer one or the other. So I would like to pay 20% tax because Mm. I think it's my responsibility to give back in all the wealth that I've created. Yeah. So if it's a choice between tax or no taxes, tax. But it shouldn't be 70%.
1: Do you think it's going to the right people?
0: With everything you buy and everything you earn, at the moment, you're probably paying about 70% tax. And -hmm. most people don't know this. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't believe it's being invested wisely. No.
1: You said... 1 million engaging followers. Yeah. Why? Over 1 million pound?
0: Anyone who can't make more than a million pounds out of a million engaged followers, which is only a pound a follower, has no idea of what assets really are, number one, and number two, to have a million engaged followers means I've impacted, positively assuming, Mm. um, and for me, the impact of a million people is worth way more than a million pounds. And I've already got, I've got a million pounds of the cars. I've got more than a million pounds of the watches. I don't need another million pounds.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But someone who actually just started. Well, they, that's, me, probably, is it? that's them. That's uh, Definitely. 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 I think it depends on where you are. And you, as Rob Moore, you definitely one million engaged engaged followers.
0: Yeah. Not just bought. Not just bought, nah, Yeah, nah, yeah.
1: Nah, nah, nah. Um, You said, don't for you. Of a DIY, obviously. Yeah, well, I'm my terrible at
0: DIY. I can't, I, I can't even put up a shelf. I can't even paint a fence. Well, that's terrible DIY. at DIY. Like, my wife replaces the coolant and the oil in my car. Or Hattie does. <laughs> like, my wife is better at DIY than me. I'm not embarrassed about that, by the way. I I'd Why do it yourself when someone can do it for <laughs> you? Why? I wrote the book Life Leverage. People say to me all the time, they said, Rob, why didn't you read Life Leverage? It would have been much better if you read it because it wouldn't be Life Leverage if I then read it myself. Someone else reads the audio book because that's called leverage. So I believe anything in life you're not good at, you don't like to do, you don't have a passion for, you should be leveraging it out.
1: I totally agree. I, my mum the other day, I was talking to her and when I was on video call, she heard some noise and she said, who's that with you? In the house, I live by myself. My dog, but she doesn't make a lot of noise. I'm like, oh, the cleaner's here. You have a cleaner in your house? Why can't you do it yourself? You're embarrassing me. Can you not clean? I'm like, mom. I charge ninety-seven pounds for forty-five minutes of consultation. I'd rather sit and do three people on forty-five minutes or two people that will get me two hundred quid. And get someone for the same amount of time and give them 50 quid to do the cleaning for me. Do my ironing, do my dusting, do my carpeting, whatever. I don't get someone to, to cook for me because I love clean. I love cooking. I love to, to cook. I still cook, but I don't want to clean. And I don't like to clean. And I think if I get someone, pay them one, I am giving back because I'm giving them a job, I, they're getting something. And at the same time, I'm leveraging my time. And she's like, yeah, but you shouldn't let anyone in your house. You should. It's the mentality. (laughs) It's the mentality. Yeah. I mean,
0: your mum would have a more traditional view. Yes. But yeah, I, I agree. I cook, gardener, cleaner, driver, you name it. Also, it's opportunity cost of time. So you said what you can earn in that time. But it's also what you can't earn in that time. So if you're doing anything that doesn't bring in income or make you feel fulfilled, there is a cost to not outsourcing. So I don't, I have a rule, no DIY. I do no DIY, none.
1: When I meant by DIY, I meant everything, not just basic stuff. So even like mentoring cuz i know you have um verticals with other people jb ventures like i've taken a course on progressive on podcasting and it was not you so i i like the fact that you have someone who loves doing that i mean don't get me wrong it's not like just passing the 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 task to someone who hates doing it no they love doing it and that's why they're in the right place the right person in the right place so amazing 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 you said Grant Cardone.
0: Yeah, well, he's my friend. Ah. Uh-huh. So, um, I don't like to speak ill of people. Uh huh. Um, because I like to judge them myself. Yeah. I've interviewed Jordan. Um, personally, it. I think everyone should be given a second chance, as long as what they did wasn't too heinous, and he deserves his second chance. But it just doesn't sit right that. A lot of people lost a lot of money because of him. He didn't have to pay any of them back. And now he's starting teaching people how to sell. Well, he's not starting. He's been doing it a long time. I think he should be given a second chance, but that feels a bit uneasy. Whereas, I know Grant. Grant's my friend. So I'm in Grant's corner.
1: Grant, I don't. All the way. You, You said going back to 18 years old. The yeah. reason I said that is because I'm
0: 44 now. So if I could go back to 18 what's that 26 years extra life I get that is like I wouldn't want to live forever yeah because I think that'd be a curse <laughs> but as someone who is now in apparent middle age to be able to go back to 18 with everything I know I, I mean that would be the greatest the greatest gift and that's worth way more than 10 million pounds but the reason i had to think about it is because i'm actually in a pretty good place in my life right now, I'm, I'm much more content with who I am at 44 than I was when I was 18. Mm. So I, I don't really want to change anything. But if given the chance to go back to 18, I'd take that over the 10 million because I'd make I'd make 500 million easy in that time.
1: In, until now. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You said so. I asked YouTube on mentoring.
0: Yeah, well, the thing with mentoring is it's fulfilling, makes a difference to people. And mentoring with me is £50,000 for the year. Mm. So I could get myself however many clients I feel like I want on a one-to-one. And then I could take some of the content from that and put it on YouTube. (laughs) Whereas Harry turned his nose up because Harry's original job with me, he's Head of brand and everything now He does a lot with um with me But YouTube's kind of his Main wheelhouse But Harry knows tomorrow They could just shut us the fuck down And we'd be Going on Rumble Or wherever else Andrew Tate can't get an account on YouTube So I'm fully aware Every social media channel Is your crack dealer And one day they can just shut the door and
1: knock you out. But then you'll be smart enough to find an alternative, right? You have to find an alternative. Andrew Tate is on everyone else's YouTube channel.
0: There you go. He's found an alternative.
1: So I'm sure like, but mentoring, yeah,
0: all the way, all the way. You said mentoring or YouTube. YouTube If I'm on YouTube and then we get cancelled because I interview Andrew Tate, then I have nothing. (laughs) Whereas if I'm mentoring and I can put some of that content on YouTube and then we get cancelled, I can carry on mentoring and put that content on Rumble or whatever else. But he still has a job. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.
1: Great, great, great. You said, oh, I asked you property, just property or entrepreneurship.
0: Being an entrepreneur, property is a discipline of entrepreneurship. So if I could only do property, I'd probably feel a bit limited and I wouldn't be able to do all the other fun, exciting things that I do.
1: Money or love, you said?
0: Yeah, I have to think about that a lot because if I had a lot of money, I could probably buy love, but would it be real love? And I'm a an ex-overweight kid who really needed and probably still does need love and I think most humans do. So... That was not as easy a question as it might seem, because a lot of money can buy a lot of shit that people don't think money can buy. And feeling love but being broke still wouldn't be that great. Exactly. And it depends who you get the love from.
1: Exactly. That's that's my thinking. I would have taken money over love, maybe just because I don't have. I don't know.
0: Mercenary.
1: Probably. You know. (laughs) But I, I.
0: Maybe you've had enough love in your life. I think it depends on if you feel like you've had enough love or not. Some people are quite full of love. They had love from their parents. You know, they're they're in a loving relationship. Other people are starving for love.
1: Well, that's not my reality. Because I I lost my dad when I was 14. And I, I wish I had more from him. And then I came to this country when I was 22. So it's been five years I didn't see my mom and my brothers. And obviously, no one is gonna love you as much as your parents. And I, I do think I, I do lack affection and love and being surrounded by people. Maybe I'm trying to hide that by the fact that I'm saying, "Oh, money is better than love." I don't know. Not sure. But I don't think I have had enough love. At least for now, 31 years. I don't know. I still have time to figure out. Well, look, let's go back to challenges you had in your life. What are... Where... where, Or tell me about a time when you actually thought, oh my God, I'm fucked.
0: December the 15th, 2005, my dad had a major nervous breakdown in his pub. I was working in his pub. I was broke, 50 grand in debt completely dependent like a juvenile child on my parents but 26 odd years old and I felt really powerless then and that's the closest to oh my god I'm fucked um That still motivates me to this day to continue to progress and try and do some useful things in the world and also collect my rent money while I'm doing these meaningful things in the world. So you could say it was a gift as well as a curse. In the 17 years I've been an entrepreneur, there is not one moment where I've sat down and thought, oh my God, I'm fucked. There's plenty of moments when I've gone, fuck me, this is hard. But that's different. Mm. So for me to be, oh, my God, I'm fucked, I'd have to know I'm going to die. Until then, I back myself to find a solution or adapt, evolve. Because I I know I've got that in me. Um, Lockdown was oh my God, our 99 apartment 130,000 square foot development could be fucked or our training company with over 100 staff could be fucked. Mm. But I never once thought I'm fucked and we sat about doing 16-hour days to make sure that we kept the building sites open And the company opened. And that was probably in the 17 years in business, I would say the lockdown was the scariest time. Mm -hmm. But paradoxically, probably the greatest lesson. So here are some lessons from lockdown. The biggest challenge to your business is probably the government. The government and the mainstream media will say whatever they want to say to you whether it's true or not. In a moment's notice, what you do could be illegal because the government decreed it. Mm. Everything you have could be taken away from you or challenged because of one law change. Obviously, you've got to believe you can be an entrepreneur. And obviously, you've got to tell yourself a good story and not make excuses. But other than that, the single biggest threat to every business is the government. Because 20% VAT, 25% Corp tax, 45% income tax, business rates, employers' national insurance, employees' national insurance, pension contributions, yada, yada, yada. Everything we buy obviously has VAT on it. Some of it's claimable. Some of it isn't. And... Inflation going up in double digits, but we can't put our prices up double digits. Interest rates have been really low for a long time. I know they're going up now, but um so there's no return on your money in the bank, you're losing money, leaving money in the bank. And these are all controlled by external circumstances. So the reason I said UK and not Dubai is because Dubai's too fucking hot. <laughs> and i don't know enough about the legal system yet but it wasn't the easiest answer in the world because i think the uk are fucking this country up and it's sad for me to 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 watch that mm. too many people on benefits too many people not encouraged incentivized educated and financed to go and do work where surely now after lockdown what we need is more work not less work um you know, a lot of people on benefits, it is financially better for them to be on benefits than it is to go back to work. So how, why would they go back to work? And that's wrong. That's The system should not be like that. Now, look, if someone has got a debilitating injury, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But someone just gaming the system, which, of which there are plenty, that's wrong. Like the extra few million people are on benefits that shouldn't be. Imagine them putting labor back into the economy. Mm. And where's all the incentives for you to start your business? Did you get any grants or guidance or mentorship from the government in starting your business? Did you fuck? No. You got nothing except oh, pay business rates as soon as you start, and this tax and that tax, and this tax and that tax, and this tax and that tax. Yeah, the UK needs to sort itself out quick, otherwise, all the entrepreneurs are going to leave. But they're, re- they're already leaving.
1: They're, they're already, and everyone is shifting to Dubai. That's the reason why. I'm Rishi, power.
0: Rishi, you you are married to a woman who uh, comes from an entrepreneurial family. Come on, you're well positioned.
1: Yeah, totally agree. A few things I'm just going to go back to. You spoke about what happened to your dad and you thought you were done. And you said, I don't say, oh my God, I'm fucked. Only if I'm thinking I'm going to die.
0: So while you're still alive, you can fight.
1: No. Why did yeah. you think at that moment with your dad that you were going to die?
0: No, I didn't think I was going to die. Did you say, why did I or why didn't I?
1: So you you said the only time you're going to say, oh my God, I'm fucked.
0: Is if I know I'm going to die. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. And that was unrelated to the statement about my dad and his nervous breakdown. Cool. I didn't think I was going to die. I just... Didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do and I froze. So my point is, okay, I, I, I like, I've had a couple of maybe slightly near-death experiences, but they were when I was in my late teens and they involved motorbikes. Harry, oh. They involved motorbikes, Harry. Harry. Which one? Sell your fucking motorbikes, Harry. Uh, um,
1: Which, which motorbikes? What do you talk about? Motorbike? I had a TZR
0: 125. Oh, is it? Yeah. When I was 17, you know, on a license, on a... Learn a plate, definitely <laughs> shouldn't have had a license Well, um, so um, <laughs> look maybe if I'd had a few more near death experiences I'd have some more commentary on this but I can honestly say even when I'm in the trenches and things are going very badly I, I know there's still fight in there and I think that is a human trait, that's not a Rob going and look at Rob, remember Rob mm. it, it, you know doesn't believe in himself as much as he could at times but i tell you what helps knowing that you're on the right path like if i'm not on the right path i'm probably going to more likely give up and i'm going to have less resilience but i know i i know with more certainty than anything that what i'm doing with my life i should be doing with my life Mm. and that certainty is is Hard to deny. And that's what a lot of people don't have. That's why they haven't started their business yet. Or they're, you know, not financially free yet. You know, which of these worlds you're in. Because they don't have the certainty that they're on the right path. I am so certain I'm on the right path that you're going to have to kill me to get me off that path. You still haven't told me. Please don't kill me because I like this path. But you're (laughs) going to have to.
1: No, 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 no. If you know not are you still riding bikes or...
0: No. No. No, I broke my arms and legs and all sorts of nonsense. And um, that was that one and done. Very enough. The
1: reason why I asked is because I ride bikes as well, so... Well,
0: motorbikes? Yes. Yeah, you should stop that immediately. <laughs> I care about you as a human. Thank you. I care about the person that's dating you. Mm. He doesn't want to be a widow before you've even married or is it a widower before you're even married you two get a sports car have the same get an aerial atom i've got an aerial atom that's basically a motorbike on four wheels it's much safer
1: well you know the adrenaline it gives you
0: yeah but so does an aerial atom and it's got four wheels and a cage
1: i'm sure me and harry Harry will 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 think about it
0: no you won't you're lying to me you're not thinking about it at all you're just going to get on your bike and ignore me I, I, I guess we can all take risks in life. I'm stepping in the ring with no head guards and 12-ounce gloves with someone 25 kilos heavy. Mm. I'm doing it once. I know there's risks attached to it. But motorbikes, fuck me, they're bad. Fair enough. It's one of the reasons I stopped flying the helicopter because it's fucking dangerous.
1: Did you used to fly
0: a helicopter? No, I just made it up. Yes, I used to fly the helicopter. <laughs> and one of the reasons I stopped... yeah
1: <laughs> I don't know. Either you're, you're just telling the truth or you're sarcastic. Well, why would I lie about that? You, you're so sarcastic at times.
0: <laughs> I don't have to do sarcasm. My wife does. She's fucking master at it.
1: Look. She, dry. I should probably have her here next time.
0: Maybe you should. She's never been on a podcast, my wife. In fact, we tried to get her doing one with me she had none of it. Do you know what? She ever replied to you when you emailed her about coming on the podcast? No, you just got a fucking stonewalled. <laughs> Tumbleweed.
1: I will try to get her on then. Good luck with that. Female to female probably is way better. Well, Let's talk about female thing. It's, it seems to be very trendy to talk about females, females, if I'm allowed to say that, transgender, LGBTQ, MIP, whatever it is. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Um, my thoughts are, are not really that important because who am I? And I think sometimes in the world, we really overrate our opinions and opinions are often the lowest form of information. So I think there's some things I've said to you today where I think my opinion is valuable. In this instance, I think my opinion doesn't really have any value, but you asked me, so I'm going to answer it. I think do what the fuck you want and be bold and brave and courageous to live your truth and not worry about what other people think about you. But you step the line when you try and preach and change other people and impose upon them your own beliefs, which might not be right for them. That's what I feel about gender, sexuality, whatever. Personally, I embrace humans being the most honest and self-actualized versions of themselves because i think when you're an honest self-actualized happy person we're going to get on better if i'm full of baggage and pain it's going to be hard for me to interact with you so i think Mm. we're a better human and however you roll is however you roll and i love the variety i love variety imagine if we're all the same Mm. like all four of us in the room we're all different we, like we've all, and in fact, we were probably all born in a different country, or our parents were all born in a different country. And I fucking love that. But if you try and convert me because you're not confident in your own beliefs and opinions, and you try and oppress me or suppress me, you can get to fuck. That's what I think about anything in the world, political. But then media, media uses it as a bandwagon or, uh, um, you know, a move, turns it into a movement or uses it as an opportunity. Um, and and I, I like to think that in nearly a thousand episodes, Harry and I have never created content for the sole purpose of ele- elevating us up by putting others down. Like, go through our entire YouTube channel. All right. Two or three times I've done reaction videos and I've called people's bullshit out when they say silly things like, "Oh, it's better to rent, rent. than buy your own house." No, I don't agree with you, but <laughs> I I am not attacking their personality. Yeah, I'm criticising. Well, I'm I'm just reacting to their content. Yeah, but I have never broken down a human just so I can step on them so I can be taller. Mm. And if I've done it, it's once in 10 years and you tell me and I will delete that and I'll apologise to that human. Mm. And that's what media is fucking doing with all these movements. This is what is happening to Philip Schofield. Mm. I like interviewing people that that's happened to because I think it's fucking wrong and I want them to be able to get their side of the story out there, like I interviewed Noel Clark and people like that. And and, and don't, don't do that. The world would be a better place. Elevate yourself without... Stepping and trampling on others. Totally agree.
1: Well, you know, um, speaking about your content, I think I can relate to a lot of it. I mean, I I learn quite a lot from you personally. Well, of course, <laughs> I really do.
0: I've been I, doing I, this a long time, <laughs> so if you don't, after me doing it for seventeen years, then I'm an idiot.
1: And also, you are my mentor's mentor. There you go. So I'm
0: technically... Yoda. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so technically. By or you are you're my mentor <laughs> by the law of mathematics, you know you're, yeah, yeah, I see you as a mentor, and I, I learned quite a lot from you. And even so that, there are things maybe I we would think different, but that's just an opinion. It's not the reality of how things are done. And in entrepreneurship, for me to be as successful as some as 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 you are, I have to follow your path because you must have done something that is right, that I have not done that you know that worked
0: so and probably some things wrong that didn't work that you can learn learn from from.
1: yeah yeah so thank you for for being always uh, a
0: pleasure never a chore i will send you the invoice a pleasure do you know my fee for this talk
1: yes i actually
0: i spoke to to harry already harry keep. harry keeps waving my fee we need to stop this harry
1: (laughs) why is it not worth it is it not worth it you know, having to meet a beautiful lady today, having a conversation. Well, I'm married, so well, uh, that's not a I'm dating someone too. There so. you go.
0: <laughs> so, no, I'm here because I want to be here. It's all good.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, look, um, speaking of you uh, being the person you are today, have you ever, by other people, been... Not criticized or you get that all the time, but kind of challenged. And because I've heard you talk recently in uh, the networking event, you were a guest speaker, the main guest speaker at Big Performance, the keynote speaker, the keynote speaker. Um, and you said really,
0: <laughs> really good through someone earlier said he, Rob Moore has one of the biggest tra- property training companies in the UK. He was reading his intro, so I corrected him, it's the, the biggest. This is not me bragging, bragging. No, facts are facts. One of my—I don't very often list my achievements, but my mentor said to me, "Facts are facts." So, yeah, yeah, I was the headline speaker at this event. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: honestly, yeah, it's true. It's it's true. I, I,
0: I really- shouted and swore at them for about forty-five minutes straight.
1: Which, uh, which they loved. Yeah, just a few people left. Like,
0: yeah. Well, look, if a couple of people don't leave my speech, I've not pushed it enough. You always need a couple to leave, and sometimes they leave because they're they're late for their train, not just because I upset them. Fair enough. But if I'm going to upset people being myself, and I have a choice between pissing them off or pissing me off, I'll choose them every time.
1: Agree. I agree. I will, um,
0: anyway, you had a question. I had a question. Yeah. I, inter- I interrupted
1: you. It's okay. It's okay.
0: Bit so something about criticism, wasn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, but also, it sells. What sells? Being bold. Because I've I've seen people who are, you know, very nice, very kind on social media. Yeah, come and do this, and they don't get as much attraction, and the people don't follow them as much. But you get that, yeah. So is it just you who you are, or is it like done on purpose?
0: Uh, I mean, it's probably ninety three percent me. And seven percent strategic. So. There has been less than five times in my, t- in my entire content life. And I'm talking thousands of pieces of content over a decade. There has been less than five times where I've done a piece of content and I've thought. I hate myself for that. That was just not me. Yeah. And he's laughing because they're the pieces of content we argue over because they're the pieces of content he wants to put out to the world. This is Harry. So um, I don't want to feel like a whore. <laughs> uh, Being told what to do. A, a, a content, wh- like I do not want to be gimmicky. huh. And by gimmicky, I mean comment on so- com- commenting on something that I have no real grounding or experiencing or interviewing someone just for the clicks and the bait. I don't want to be that guy. Um, and and it's happened because sometimes to go over the line, well, yeah. so sometimes to know what your line is, you have to go over the line. So some people say, well, that's exactly what you did with Andrew Tate. No, it wasn't. I got to know Andrew Tate. I flew out to Dubai. We interviewed, interviewed him for three hours and 20 minutes. And we have put probably the best piece of content on Andrew Tate on the entire internet. And virtually all of his followers that I've ever met have said exactly the same. So that wasn't us just trying to get a clickbaity here. hit. And I didn't set him up and we asked some really good questions and we had a really good conversation. So I don't mind going to, con- like I would interview Phil Sc- Philip Schofield today and that wouldn't be a gimmick. Because I'd be giving him a lot of support mm. and I'd be getting his side of the story and I wouldn't be trying to set him up. And so, you know, I talked about Philip Schofield because I strongly believe in what I said and I believe it's true and right and moral. And actually, when I believe it's true and right and moral, I believe in what I say. My content is better. Mm. Um, so occasionally we'll look at something that's viral mm. and we'll discuss. Like, um, I asked Katie Hopkins on my show, how many genders are there? Now, I don't really give a fuck. And it was in the quick fire. Yeah. But we'd, we thought that, question might go viral Mm. and we've got her anyway and she's got a controversial view and it's in the quick fire it's not really gonna hurt and we slipped it in 15 and a half million views on tiktok so that's the seven percent you know where katie hopkins and that question we thought this could go by the way you can you can be gimmicky and clickbaity but you're getting it wrong most of the time anyway but i even said to harry you know, I know Andrew Tate's very popular at the moment, but I don't want to interview anyone who's Andrew Tate-like. I only want to interview Andrew Tate. Because there's a load of Andrew Tate Me Too's out there that we could keep yeah. interviewing. But they're yeah. not Andrew Tate. They're not. So it's Andrew Tate or it's not. Um. So, but every time Harry and I get together, we have this discussion. Because Harry's got a couple of guests lined up that he knows is instant virality and I won't do it. And I won't do it because, number one, it's a gimmick. Number two, um, it's not on brand. And number three, it would be criticizing other humans unnecessarily. Mm. And I think when it comes to your content, you want to have some rules. And um, by the way, I'm not saying people shouldn't be criticized. Like, I I criticize the government a lot and they fucking need it. Um, But... No. Anytime you see me rant, 93% of the time, it's who I am and how I feel. And 7% of the time, it's me testing something, give or take. It might be 91.9. Nine.
1: Fair enough. Just a question just came to my head. Sales. Do you think it's a skill that people should have um, in any business or just hire someone who is good at sales? I
0: think being able to sell is one of the truly greatest skills of being a valuable human and being entrepreneurial. There are others. So it's not the be all and end all Mm. marketing, communication, finance. There are others, but sales puts cash in the bank and cash is the lifeblood of a business. However, many humans are shit at sales or it goes against who they are as a human to sell. Those people should be honest about that and hire really good salespeople. Everyone else should learn how to sell themselves. And how would you know if it's not who you are as a person to learn how to sell until you gave it a good go? So therefore, everyone should give it a good go. I am a good salesman. In fact, I, at one point in this country, in my niche was probably the best. How did my company get to be the biggest in its space? But I also realized in order for me to grow, I had to teach others to sell and I had to step back on the selling. Mm. And I was terrible at selling all the way up till age 26, 27. And even when I was the best to my ability of selling, I still didn't like rejection and I still had my own emotional issues around selling, but I just faced them and dealt with them because I knew it was really important to be able to sell to grow a business. But if you can sell, you can get yourself out of any situation Hmm. and if you've got an empty wallet, you can always fill it. Fair enough.
1: So if you lose business, you can always build it again.
0: Yeah, and you you start from scratch, you can take what you've learned and you can build it quickly. So yeah.
1: If you had to choose one skill that someone needs to learn today, what would it be? For what? For business.
0: I would say compelling communication. Compelling communication. Because if you are a compelling communicator, i.e., you are motivating, charismatic, inspirational, energetic, you move people's hearts and minds, you get them to take action, you can fucking do anything. Mm. You can create a vision. You can sell a product or service, you can hire staff, you can negotiate lower rents and rates, you could do anything when you are a compelling communicator. You can have a great podcast, you can have a great YouTube channel, you can be a great interviewer. That is such an underrated skill. And there are so many kids now who they they don't get a chance to practice compelling communication because it's not
1: playing the fucking computer game. Or they're just scrolling on TikTok all the time and they're not burning their skin. <laughs>
0: you know, when I asked my wife out on a date, I didn't do it via TikTok DMs. I had to fucking, l- I looked at her across the, the club. Yeah. I took the biggest fucking deep breath I've ever took in my life. I took my drink, I downed it, and I walked straight towards her with all the voices in my head as to why I shouldn't do this. And I had to stand there and you know, hold my own against this stranger who could
1: have, yeah,
0: she could have rejected me out of sight.
1: Yeah, that's that's not going to work nowadays. You know that. What isn't that, the the way the way you've done it? Like now it's oh, swipe wow. I'd swipe be right. in Prison for that now, wouldn't I? Yeah, swipe right or swipe left. That's the way doing. Nah, like
0: this is the problem. We're we're robbing the the, the generations of learning the art of effective, compelling communication. Mm. I'm fighting, as you know, in a few weeks. I will continue to learn to fight, but not in the same intensity. But fighting will not be my first go-to skill to get out of a difficult situation. Yeah. It will be my mouth. I.e., I will talk myself out of a fight before I fist myself out of a fight. Yeah. That is the greatest skill. It's how and, and, and it's body language as well as what you say. And um yeah, that's a dying breed. Warren Buffett says that the greatest skill he learned was public speaking and went and did Toastmasters. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So to you, what does success mean?
0: Okay, right. I'm very clear on this. Success means one define what success is to you. Mm -hmm. Because how can you be successful at something you have not clearly defined? Mm -hmm. Because I can't be successful at being you and you can't be successful at being me. I have a better penis. You are a better female. You have more rent to rents than me. I have more buy, refurb, refinance rents than you. I'm a much better me than you are me. This is why I get a bit weirded out when people say I'm their mentor. All I should be is someone that you can learn from. Um, Isn't that the same thing? Could be, yeah. I think a good mentor knows that. There's lots of people out there that just want to create a load of mini-me's for their own ego. So, number one is you have to be really clear on your own definition of success. Um. Number two is you have to then find the vehicle for that success, i.e. what business model, what's the niche, what's the skill you're going to get better than anyone else at. Mm -hmm. And then number three is persist at that until you win. I believe that is the formula for success and people overcomplicate that
1: beautiful tell me one thing about you that i don't know and that our audience probably don't know something that you didn't share quite a lot
0: unfortunately all the things that come to mind are highly embarrassing for me
1: you we, we, we know we don't care
0: <laughs> yeah but if i said it you would um okay think okay <laughs> Um, every single person that approaches me in the street and stops me because they recognize me, which is significant. Now I stop and I talk to, and I spend a decent amount of time with them. And I've never, never given anyone a custard pie, even when I'm like, I'm fucking stressed to fuck. Um, number one, I always tip taxi drivers really big, even if they're shit. Um, I'm, some of them are like, I know you just took me twice as far just to get a bigger fare, but I still... I always round it up. So if it's £11, they get 20 If it's £21, they get 40 I, I don't tell anyone that, but I always do that. Like, if if a taxi driver has got a fee of 21 quid and you give him 40 you've literally made his day. Would I spend £19 to make someone's day fucking right? I would. That's a great investment. So... And I, I do that with restaurants and every time I, I tip and stuff like that um up until probably only five years ago or maybe longer i used to be scared of the dark and up until 10 years ago i used to have to have a detuned radio to go to sleep the buzzing mm. noise um so up in, in basically until my 30s i needed to detune a radio and have it on to go to sleep otherwise i couldn't get to sleep and i was scared of the dark i've i'm i've overcome those now but that's not wow. I, I know it sounds weird and uh, that you know they're more sort of embarrassing ones, but p- people don't know those things about. How was
1: the missus okay with that?
0: When we first got together, I just used to put it really close to my ear and just turn it down a bit so I could still hear it. And in the end, she's like, "You know, we've got to we've got to stop this." <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, and here's why. Once I 50? used to be, I used to be left alone upstairs in my dad's pub every evening. Mm. I used to feel really lonely. And then at, at midnight back then, the transmission in the TV used to stop. And do you remember when you get the white noise and the buzzing sound it used to make? And I'd fall asleep to that every night. And it got to the point where I needed that to go to sleep. I, I even had, you know, when tellys TVs stopped having that. Yeah. I would buy a telly from 1985, a big fucking box like that, and have it in my room just so I could have the, the detuned wow. sound on.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to regret that or not.
1: Don't make Harry email me and maybe edit that last part. <laughs> nah, uh,
0: no, nah, I've said it now. I mean, it, ge- it gives me immense pleasure to um, do things for other people and help them. Mm. And um, I am one of, if not the most generous people that I know. And that makes me feel really good. And of all the achievements that you might hear that I put out on social or I'm forced to do because social needs it, or, you know, you, you tell me about all the recognition for the 18 books and the nine figure business empire. Actually, they're the least impressive things about me. Um, I really enjoy being generous. I, am. Um, I think I'm misunderstood because I have seven supercars and big watch and property portfolio collection and lots of businesses and I talk a lot about money and I'm, I'm misunderstood I get much more joy out of I buy stuff for people all the time yeah. expensive shit that they would never buy for themselves often buy Louboutin shoes for friends of mine that I know that they want but they would never buy themselves I hired a massive eight is it 18 person villa we're going to after the fight in Marbella I, you know, I paid for that every training session that my guys who work for me I pay for um, and that makes me feel really good
1: I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I mean, it's pay forward as well. I mean, the more you give, the more you get. I I really... Yeah, well, I still want (laughs) more. No, you have to give more. Oh, all right. (laughs) Well, yeah. uh, I mean, look, um, I'm glad you you shared that because people don't understand sometimes that being selfish is not going to take you anywhere. Um, And there's there's that saying that says, um, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. But if you want to go further, you have to go together. So... Uh, I'm sure there are so many people who are blessed just having you in their lives. Um, One last thing. If it's going to be a selfish one, what do you think I should learn from you that I need to change?
0: I don't know that I know you well enough. So there would be some presumption in my answer. So... I don't think I can answer that, but what I can answer is my greatest lesson. Assuming that you might have similar challenges to me. And I think actually this is a really good message to all the women that listen to your show as well as the men. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur and I help entrepreneurs. I don't give a a fuck if you're a man or a woman. I help you. Um, And some people think because I'm not a woman, I don't understand as much. Well, that's not necessarily true. I've mentored a lot of women and and, and I've got a lot of experience. And the fact that I'm not a woman means I'm not in their problems like they're in their problems. Mm. So my greatest lesson in business and life and the continued pursuit of mastery is learning about your emotions, i.e., what do they actually mean? Where do they come from? Why are you feeling them? And how are you responding to them? and if you look at your life, and your life is pretty much where you want it to be, you probably have a pretty good handle on the answers to those questions and if your life is nowhere near where it needs to be, you probably don't have a very good handle on those questions, you don't know why you're having these recurring bad habits, you don't know why you lose your shit all the time you don't know why you fucking keep getting triggered by these external things, and Every human has its own upbringing and its emotions that, and beliefs and behaviours that were formed as a child. So learning about your emotions, where they came from and why they're being triggered and if they're useful and valuable and learning how to manage them and learning how to make decisions by learning from your emotions but not making decisions because of the emotions. So, for example, with training for a fight, it doesn't matter that I'm tired. Mm. I train until my coach tells me to stop. So my emotions aren't relevant. Mm. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I've got to show up to my training. My staff and my customers don't give a fuck what's going on in my life. I have to turn up to every board meeting and every vision meeting bringing it. They don't care. Um and the great thing about life is you never stop learning that. Yeah. Because just when you think, oh, you know what? Like I don't really get triggered online that much anymore. There's all sorts of shit that's said about me, 99% of it is not true or someone else their own baggage that they're dealing with in yeah. their life. And yeah, I used to get triggered all the time by that and You could have 10,000 comments on me on a feed and I wouldn't give a fuck. But if I went on my Facebook Live and Arnold Schwarzenegger was there and he commented and criticized me, I know that that would hurt because he's one of my heroes. So the point is I've, to a certain degree, mastered my emotions on dealing with haters, but there's always another level. Mm. If the Prime Minister of the UK or the President of America did a live conference criticizing me, that's going to hurt, even though I know I've transcended that the lower level so new level new devil so and and emotions can come at very weird and wonderful times and like for example i've got a pretty good handle on my emotions and i know what they mean but then i accepted the challenge to this fight and all of a sudden i'm i'm feeling the same emotions but the threat of getting punched in the face and the threat of losing in front of 1700 people and the threat of losing to you know a gobby opponent samuel leads who will not let it go if he wins and the threat of fighting more experienced fighters who can knock you out and hurt you. Fuck me. That's a new, woo. These emotions. I know what that is, but it's dialed up times 10. Shit me. Woo. And so now I get this chance to, where's that come from? And try and master those. Because if I master my emotions in the ring, I win the fight. Mm.
1: Do you, yeah. Did you have Eric to go through therapy?
0: Um, yeah, I have used therapy as a tool. I don't perceive that I've been through therapy. Yeah, a bit like excrement. Excrement would go through intestines. That's sort of <laughs> how I perceived it as being squeezed through until you come out in the other form. No, um, therapy is a tool I use if I feel like I have not productively got a handle on some of my emotions. Or some of my habits and behaviors are are manifesting in experiences in my life, which are hard. Yeah. But so is personal development. And so is having a mentor. And so is just going out and making fucking money. Mm. This isn't said enough. But if you want to get confident and you want to overcome some of your fears and failings and baggage, make a fucking sale. Go out there and put 20 grand in your pocket. Go and cut a deal. You know, those things can make you feel really good. So sometimes you've just got to go and get something done. Mm. Other times, yeah, you've got to go to um, someone with more experience and knowledge.
1: Yeah, because, uh, you know, the thing is with us women, if we're not feeling right, if I'm having an emotional breakdown or whatever, I'll just call a friend and I'll just like... Oh, you know, a few seconds later, she's going <laughs> to laugh about it. But you men, you don't you do not do that.
0: No, look, I agree with you, but I want to challenge you as well. Mm. So when you said us women, um. Well, all women are different and they're individuals. Hmm. And actually, I know women, like in my marriage, Hmm. I'm probably more the woman and my wife is probably more the man in many ways. And he's chuckling because he knows that to be true. I'm way more emotional. Yeah. And and my wife is way more logical. So, you know, gender or masculinity and femininity isn't necessarily just our body, body or our biology. You know, you can have women with very masculine energies. Mm. You can have men with very feminine energies. True. So, number one, be careful not to box yourself. You know, when people say to me, I've got ADHD, I'm like, no, you're not. You've just labeled yourself that. Yeah. So, that being said, of course, you know, estrogen and testosterone are very different chemicals in the yeah. body. And, you know, I see a, a woman and she has her natural monthly cycles. I, I'm a big... Um, believer that a, a woman's natural monthly cycle should be talked about more, and women should not be made to feel in any way um, wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, like if I'm an employer, it would actually be good for me to have the information on where um, a female employee is emotionally if she has you know, certain times in her monthly cycle, you can tell I'm being
1: really fucking careful with how I say this. Rob Moore got cancelled! Um, the reason why I love is because the other day, this guy I'm dating, I said, like, listen, I want to fight. Do you mind if I just call you? I want to have a fight. And he calls me and he's like, who do you think you are calling me? And I'm and I'm like, I took it personal. So I started fighting. He said, oh, did you? are you happy now? Did you have your five minutes of fight? I'm like, oh, that was for that purpose okay it's good that you are thoughtful of that because that makes the other person because it's not in her hands she's gonna have it anyways it's not like she can choose not to have it she's gonna have those emotions and those changes and the hormones and and the craziness and anyways and being thoughtful I think (laughs) is you have no idea what I'm talking about Uh,
0: no I do I just know where this conversation could go if we continue it, i.e. the judgment that could come from this conversation. Um, And I don't give a fuck. So the more in, like, with my staff, if I know what's most important to them in their life and I know their life and their career values, it helps me align what I want them to do with their own life goals. Mm. That is smart. If you know through your cycle that, you really struggle with your emotions on another level for three days of the month. We've got information that we can be strategic with. Mm. And by the way, it's the same for men, you know, because all right, we have a different type of emotion and a different cycle of the emotions. But the, uh, you know, sensual energy for a man is a hard thing to fucking know what to do with. It's, you know, Napoleon Hill in *Think and Grow Rich* talked about yeah. transmuting sexual energy. Like, if you can bottle your horniness and turn it into a business, you're a billionaire. But it's fucking hard to do. And women know how to play that. So, and by the way, this is this is really fascinating. And this is, the, it is. but but you you talk about it and you get fucking where 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 you know you can't talk about that. You're just judgmental. That stereotyping. No, it's not. We're we're different. Embrace our differences. I don't know what the original question was. Therapy. Yeah, I clearly need it.
1: <laughs> I never forget. Well, look, so, so you think that it's needed, yeah? What? Therapy.
0: I think if you're struggling with your emotions and the behaviours triggered by those emotions in your life are taking you further away from where you want to be, I think therapy can be a useful
1: tool. Thank you. One last thing to say? Do you have anything to say?
0: Oh, you want me to say something? Yeah. Any- I really want that lasagna. That, Perfect. Let's, um let's that go lasagna, go. lasagna looked
1: let let's get good.
0: My testosterone is getting all over that lasagna.
1: Let's let's hope. Yeah. It's still open. Will you still be open? Yes.
0: It's still oh, be open. Well, should we go and have a lasagna.
1: Yes. Thank you very much, Rob.
0: Always a pleasure, never a chore. You got the longest one. I did actually. One minute twenty for the first no, one hour twenty for the first one, one hour thirty for the second one, was that? And one hour forty five for this one.
1: There you go. Harry, I wanna thank you as well for bringing him Harry, in. We remember
0: Send them my invoices. <laughs> Harry gets a cut on them, so you should. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty percent. Fuel, fuel nowadays is really. I, I
1: can negotiate for you a bit higher. <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> but everyone, thank you very much for watching. Uh, I've loved this episode, and I'm sure you do as well.